the volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Lakers Tonight with Jason Timph is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more during the Super Bowl than with FanDuel. And new users can bet $5 to win 280 in cash on either team to win. I love FanDuel because it's easy to use, safe and secure, and you can get winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. It's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into the same game parlay. If you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with FanDuel.com slash Jason T so they know I sent you. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. New users only. $10 first deposit required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus $280. Bonus for Tennessee users fulfilled in site credit within 72 hours. Tennessee site credit expires 14 days after after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org/chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FANDUEL.COM slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, or Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia.
All right, welcome to Lakers Tonight, presented by FanDuel here on The Volume. I am Jason Timp. Happy Saturday, everybody. I hope you all had a great week and that you were having a good weekend so far. That was definitely a much more competitive basketball game than I think any of us really expected. That said, there have been a few times this season, namely that early season game when LeBron was out when they beat the Miami Heat, or that Utah Jazz game from about a month ago, and then tonight where when you would have expected this team, after everything that's happened to this point in the season, to fold or to fracture rather than to show a little bit of competitive spirit. And I don't think that that's a coincidence because regardless of how you feel about the way this team has performed and regardless of how you feel about the roster, there's still a gap there. Even though the roster is nowhere near what it needs to be in order to win a championship, which we're going to talk more about later, even though it's not to that level, it's certainly not as bad as it has looked often this season. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there have been scapegoats for people to point at and to make excuses for and to take the responsibility off of themselves for one reason or another, right? It's really easy to be like, it's Frank's fault. He doesn't run the right defensive scheme with what we're doing. It's real easy to say, it's Rob Palinka's fault. He didn't give us good enough veteran minimum players. It's easy to say, it's Jeannie Buss's fault. She let Alex Caruso go. It's easy to blame the Russell Westbrook trade or to blame Russell Westbrook himself. But the fact of the matter is, The talent that has actually been on the court for the Lakers for the most part this season has underachieved even relative to what that standard should have been. And I think that that was a subtle message that Rob Palenka and Jeannie Buss tried to send to this team at the deadline. I don't think those two are blameless, so I'm certainly not lifting them up as some sort of you know, uh, uh, you know, lighthouse here that is the one leading the way because they both have made absolutely inexcusable mistakes over the course of the last couple of years. So they are not off the hook by any stretch. But Rob Polinka decided not to make any moves at this deadline. And he had a quote in the press conference, this weird little proxy war that took place between Clutch and the front office immediately after the deadline where Rob says there's, you know, an understand. He basically implied that LeBron and AD agreed with their decision to not make any moves. He used the word alignment. And then Rob and AD, uh, LeBron and AD immediately go through Dave McMenamin to the press to be like, heck no, there wasn't. We did not agree with this. We wanted there to be moves. And I think that it's funny because Rob's quote that he had in that press conference, he says, When it comes to finding success when a team is not winning, I think the most important action is for everyone to look in the mirror and be better. That includes the front office. It includes the coaches. It includes the players. And I think one of the things that Rob did by not making a move is he took away the excuse. The dirty little secret is, is even if the Lakers had made a trade, would it have improved them? Yes. If they would have brought in two NBA-level starters to help slot players further down than they are right now, it absolutely would have helped the team. But the truth of the matter is, it would not have fixed all their problems. 
because they have a boatload of problems with their basketball character, their willingness to buy into roles, their willingness to do the dirty work, their willingness to take responsibility for the outcome rather than to blame other people. And Rob essentially at the deadline says, this is on you guys. I'm not going to make a panic trade here to bring something in. This is on you guys. Now, I disagree with that strategy. I think Rob should have made a move or at least a move, anything to mix things up. The reason being is that LeBron and AD are so good, you have to capitalize on these handful of years they have together and punting one of those years is terrible management when you factor in the limited window that they have here. But that said, even though I disagree with that strategy, I understand the message that Rob Polinka was trying to send. Because this team that went into Golden State tonight and nearly won, they literally would have won if they got anything out of LeBron in that fourth quarter. LeBron had an absolute horrific fourth quarter. And if they get anything out of him, they probably win the game. But that team that went up to Golden State tonight and nearly beat Golden State, that team's not four games under 500. That team is not a play-in team. That's a team that's right up there with the Utah Jazz and the Memphis Grizzlies. Maybe they're not a bona fide contender, but they're a heck of a lot better than where they are right now. But the bottom line is that team that we saw tonight has been an exception to the rule. It's been a rare occurrence It hasn't been the consistent product that we've seen from this team. And I like, I do like that Rob took that blame game out of the picture and said, it's on you guys to figure this out. Like, here's the thing, LeBron, you can blame the role players all you want. And we're all going to sympathize with you in the sense that we know that there's not enough talent on this team to win the title, but you have to be better. Your role players tonight, played well enough to beat Golden State. Your role players tonight played well enough to give you a chance to win on the road against one of the top-tier championship contenders in the league, and you fell apart in the fourth quarter. Sloppiness. Sloppy passes, throwing the ball away, inability to finish around the rim with all the length, a couple of missed defensive assignments as well. You got to be better, man. That's on you. Now, we're going to cut you some slack. You're not Russell Westbrook. This hasn't been what you've done for the most part this season, you've been very reliable all season. But I like that I like that the accountability is being shifted back to the players. Uh, LeBron can't go up to the podium tonight and blame the role players. LeBron can't go to the podium tonight and blame Rob Palinka. It was him that didn't hold up his end of the bargain. Same thing with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis was as had one of the most dominant defensive performances that I've ever seen from a player in the first half, but just did not bring enough offensively in this game. You are a player that has been compared to Giannis Antetokounmpo. You have to be able to score at will against a Golden State Warriors team that doesn't have Draymond Green. The accountability is on you guys as well. Does Rob have a responsibility? Yes. He has to, in the next month, hit two or three home runs in the buyout market. He has to. That's his job. Frank Vogel has to be better. He has to play Reeves more than Avery Bradley, which he did tonight, but very much did not do in the uh, in the game against the Blazers when you played Reeves 15 minutes and Bradley 35 minutes. So Frank has to be better. Frank has to find defensive schemes and offensive schemes that actually fit his personnel. He has a job. The role players have to be better. But LeBron and Anthony Davis 
also have to be better. They also have not been good enough on a day-in and day-out basis this season to propel this team to where they need to go. And so as much as I've had problems with Rob and what he's done this season, kudos to him for making everybody look in the mirror and be like, you guys are going to have to figure this out. Our best chance to use this, he thinks their best chance to use the assets is in the offseason. And I get that. I disagree, but I get that. But he's right in the sense that this team needed to look inward before they looked anywhere else. From the, the standpoint of Russ, I thought we saw an interesting dynamic tonight at play with Russ that is interesting projecting forward for this team. Because once again, after our trade deadline special, Russ had a comment shortly after when the Lakers had practice where he took a pot shot at Frank Vogel saying, hey, the reason why my back is flaring up is I'm sitting down for too long, which is ridiculous, completely ridiculous, and an obvious shot at the head coach. And if you're going to actually make a run at this and attempt to win the championship via the plan, I don't care whatever the route is, if you're going to, if you're going to really make a run at it, you can't have a malcontent on the team. You can't have a player who is deliberately going out of his way to complain or to be a source of negative energy. If any of you guys out there who have ever played competitive sports at a serious level, you guys understand what I'm talking about. You've been in locker rooms where everybody meshes and has the same goal, and you've been in locker rooms where there's that one guy who doesn't like what his specific role is or what his specific circumstance is, and he starts to talk. And... He starts to try to form a clique in the locker room. He tries to find supporters, and it becomes an issue. That can't happen with Russ. So the question becomes, do you send him home, or do you keep him around and try to make it work? And I do think you send him home if he continues to be a malcontent. But Russ, at this point in his career, is still capable of having a positive impact in basketball games. So you have to try to communicate with him and convince him to buy in. And I think that role is as a bench player. So tonight, as has been the case in throughout this entire season, when Russ is playing with the first unit, alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and against the best defensive players on the other team, especially against the top-tier teams, he's been ineffective to say the least. That's me being nice, okay? But in specific settings, for instance, against limited defensive teams, or specifically with bench groups, when LeBron or Anthony Davis are off the floor, and he's also going against the lesser defensive players that come off the bench for the other team, he can be impactful. And you saw that again tonight. His first shift was awful. He had two basically pick six turnovers. One was a turnover and the other one was a missed layup where he didn't get back either and they scored and wasn't really offering anything on either end of the floor. But in the second quarter and in the third quarter, he had two short stints with each in each case with either LeBron or Anthony Davis off the floor and for the most part with Steph off the floor and going against the other team's lesser players that came off their bench and he had some success getting to the rim, making things happen in transition, creating shots for his teammates, and just being a positive force. 
And that's not a surprise. We had this conversation last week. Like, Russ is not a... Russ is not so bad that he doesn't belong in the NBA. He's just going through the NBA's version of a midlife crisis. He's just struggling adapting to his waning physical skills. There's still... In, an, in Russ's bag that he brings to the arena every night, there is enough to be a productive basketball player. He's your textbook off-the-bench point guard, in my opinion, who attacks the other team's lesser defenders. Almost every bench guard in the league is a bad defensive player. That's usually why they're bench guards. That's why Malik Monk comes off the bench for the Lakers. So let Russ feast against those guys. And then you establish with Russ in a conversation that depending on how focused you are on those little details of the game, that we might not play you with the closers. And so the idea there is, is you have to sit down with Russ and be like, here's the situation, man. We wanted to move you at the deadline, and we couldn't. We are going to move you in July. That's going to happen. This was a bad fit. There's too much bad blood. This thing is over. This partnership that we have here is over. In July. But we have this four or five month stretch here where we have two decisions. You can either buy in to this smaller role that we have for you as someone who primarily operates with bench lineups and closes when you're bought in. Or you can go home because if you're going to be a malcontent, we can't have you around. That kind of honesty up front with Russ, at least you put the ball in his court to make that decision. I believe that as a competitor, Russ would rather play. And that Russ would rather try to make this work. So I expect him to respond well to something like that. But you have to have that conversation. And you know, I thought Austin Reeves, who played amazing tonight, showed so much and demonstrated what I've been talking about that we need from Russ. You know, there's been a lot of talk, starting with that Utah Jazz game, Russ had about a 10-game stretch where he put up decent numbers. He averaged about 18 points and shot about 45% from the field and somewhere right around like 36% from three. He had an okay stretch of offensive basketball. But I didn't think he was very good in that stretch. thought he was okay. thought he was less harmful than usual. But he wasn't very good in that stretch. And the reason why is because statistical output alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis doesn't carry the same value that statistical output brings when he's the focal point. So for instance, Austin Reeves only had 13 points tonight. Only had three rebounds and only had two assists. But he was all over the place on both ends of the floor. Did an amazing job moving his feet and competing on defense. Had a handful of just outrageous defensive plays. Had a chase down block on Klay Thompson. And then on offense, just a majestic performance attacking closeouts. Every time he caught the ball after attention was devoted to LeBron or devoted to Anthony Davis, he just made the right play every single time. It was a magnificent performance from him. 13-3-2. No no, if you were looking at the box score, it, it's the most indiscriminate performance that you'll see. But all of us who watched the game saw what Austin brought to the table. And that's what I'm talking about with Russ. As the third guy, as the guy alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis, it's not about doing Russ stuff. It's about doing basketball stuff that the third, fourth, and fifth guy on the floor usually have to do 
alongside the best players in the world. That's what you're asking from that position. FanDuel Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. To celebrate, new customers can bet $5 to win 280 in cash on either team to win when you use promo code JasonT when registering. That's right, you'll get your winnings in cold, hard cash because we know cash is always better than free bets. I will be on the Rams. I think their defensive line is going to control the game, and that's usually what wins in the Super Bowl. Don't miss your chance to turn $5 into $280 in cash. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and use promo code JasonT to make every moment more this Super Bowl. Again, promo code JasonT exclusively on FanDuel Sportsbook. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. New users only. $10 first deposit required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus $280. Bonus for Tennessee users fulfilled in site credit within 72 hours. Tennessee site credit expires 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, or Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It is an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoops takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you feeling stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started to see a little more of your scalp? Are you unhappy with your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, and faster-growing hair with less shedding. Physician-formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within, 
By targeting key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription, or doctor's visits required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day and you'll see results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker and healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription. And free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code Hoops. That's H-O-O-P-S. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Hoops, H-O-O-P-S. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code Hoops. And so that's the conversation you have with Russ. Hey man, you've been a malcontent. I'm willing to let it all slide. Let, let Frank have the conversation. I'm willing to let it all slide. I'll forget about everything you said about me in the media. But let's make a run at this thing in this different role. Because either way, you're gone in July. So let's try to make it work. I think you have to have those, that, those types of conversations, especially now in light of everything that's been going on in recent weeks. Because this team is close to fracturing. And the only way to avoid the fracturing is to have the tough conversations and to make sure that everybody in the locker room is bought in. Because you could have that same conversation with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like, hey man, we don't think we have enough talent to win the championship this year. So are we going to make a run at this thing? Like, really try for this? Or are we going to BS through the end of the season get the 9 or 10 seed, and get blown out or swept by the Phoenix Suns. Like, because if we BS through the end of the season, that's what's going to happen. So from that standpoint, it's like, hey, if that's what's going to happen, why even put the wear and tear on your knee, LeBron? Your fluid-filled knee. Your 37-year-old knee. Your most mileage in NBA history knee. That's the conversation that you have to have on that front. Russ has to buy into the role. But LeBron and AD have to decide if they really want to go for this or not. Because if they don't want to go for it, what's the point? There's, if, there's, if they don't want to go for it, pack it in. If you think you can flip Russ with two first-round picks for some good stuff this summer, and if you think you can flip THT and Kendrick Nunn for some good stuff this summer, and you guys think you have no chance and you plan on mailing it in on a nightly basis through the end of the season, send LeBron and AD home too. That's my thing. Because I think all of those guys, I think Russ, LeBron, and AD would respond to that conversation insulted. I think they would look you in the face and be like, hell no, I'm not going home. Let's go get this thing. Appeal to their competitive nature. Try to get that part of them to drive them across the finish line here. I think that needs to be the goal. The last thing I wanted to hit it on, hit on the Lakers front was the, this buyout situation. So one of the stories that came out today was from The Athletic having to do with this idea that Boston is likely to buy out Dennis Schroeder and that the Lakers would want it. Now, as is always the case around this time of year, you have conflicting reporting because then David Benjamin came out shortly after and was like, actually, I heard that they're not going to buy out Dennis Schroeder. So who knows what's going to happen? 
But the names that have been thrown out most frequently have been at the point guard position, Dennis Schroeder and then Goran Dragic, who Adrian Morjanowski reported today that the Lakers are going to make a significant attempt to get. And then on the wing, you're hearing names like DeAndre Bembry, who's like a 6'5", two-guard, who does dirty work pretty well. And Gary Harris Jr., more or less the same player, better athlete, better shooter, but more or less the same type archetype of player. And what I would say is this. I like Dennis Schroeder. He was fine. He competed while he was here. I thought he was a better defensive player than Russ. He was less volatile than Russ. Didn't have the upside that Russ had. Wasn't as good as a switching defender. Russ does well when you get him on an island against bigger offensive players. But one of the biggest problems for the Lakers all season has been size and athleticism. So bringing in a six-foot-tall, very skinny Dennis Schroeder doesn't help you on that front. So my thing is like, look, if, if Russ doesn't respond well to the conversation and he goes, get me out of here, I'd rather hang out with my wife and kids and not get lacerated by the Lakers Twitter fan base nonstop every day. Okay, fine. Then you can look at somebody like Schroeder to fill into that role. But if you're looking for more off-ball guys to play around LeBron, AD, and Russ, they can't be small. That has to be completely off the table in terms of options. That's why it's so hilarious about people saying, oh, Kendrick Nunn can come back and bring a big boost. Kendrick Nunn is a good player. He's going to help them, but he doesn't solve their problems. He's too small. They need size and athleticism. So from that standpoint, that's where I would look at the guys like DeAndre Bembry or like Gary Harris Jr. You need to get athletic, talented, skilled guys between 6'5 and 6'8 that can guard multiple positions, that can operate in Frank's switching scheme, and that can shoot and attack closeouts. That's what those two guys can do. So those are the direction, that's the direction that the Lakers need to look. You need to, Trevor Ariza was awful tonight. He got caught on every screen. He's a big part of why Klay Thompson got going. He lost him a bunch of times. He looked really, really as washed as I've seen him look. Those are the types of swaps that you're looking to make. Get somebody like DeAndre Bembry playing Trevor Ariza's minutes, you know, Find a way to make it so that Avery Bradley doesn't play 26 minutes a night, but maybe he plays a shift in each half, so he's right around 15, and you need to give those minutes to a better player. That's where the guy, a guy like Gary Harris comes in. I was very intrigued by the Goran Dragic thing. You know, I think the only way that the Lakers could get him is by promising him a starting spot. But I, I, that, that type of negotiation from the Lakers has not gone well in recent years. The there was reporting that they JaVale McGee was intent on starting per his contract in the championship season, and that ended up being an issue as JaVale really struggled in the playoffs in particular, and the Lakers kept him in the starting lineup pretty much until their back was against the wall. Like I that I don't like that. And then the same thing happened with Andre Drummond. Andre Drummond was clearly bogging things down for the Lakers because AD at the four just wasn't good for their spacing, yet they repeatedly played Andre Drummond because there was some under-the-table promise of playing time to Andre Drummond. So I don't love that idea, but Goran Dragic is an actually... Goran Dragic actually fits the mold of a basketball player that LeBron would like playing with. I think he thought Russ was that kind of guy. I think LeBron thought Russ was more cerebral than he actually was. And I think that's been a big part of why this hasn't worked. But Goran Dragic is very much a cerebral basketball player. He's a guy who plays with pace. And I don't mean speed. I mean he can slow himself down. He can come off the screen and pin the defender on his back and wait for a play to develop and make a read 
rather than pulling a china shop down the lane, just throw it up there and hope for the best. So I actually like that fit. And then if the team is going towards switching, which they've been doing most of the season, that's where Goran Dragic being a little bit bigger gives you just a better weapon on, on that front. But, you know, the bottom line is, is that I think coming into this season, Laker fan, all of us, massively underestimated how important the role players are. You know, I used to joke with Raj that in the 2020 season, if the role players played okay and LeBron and AD were out there being LeBron and AD, you were going to win. It'd be ugly, but you were going to win. And if they played uh, good, then you were going to blow the other team out. That was the anatomy of that team. And the reason why is because even when the role players struggled offensively, they all competed their ass off on the defensive end of the floor. That's what that group did. What you've seen with this group is that if they're not absolutely making everything on the offensive end of the floor, so if they're not playing great, the Lakers will lose because they're not giving you much on the defensive end of the floor in all of the hustle areas of the game. And so that that's where, you know, LeBron, after the Milwaukee Bucks game, he got asked, you know, do you think you can ever get to the level that the Milwaukee Bucks are at? And he said, no. And I agree with him. I think all of us need to come to terms with the reality that this is not a championship team. However, it's still worth going for. It, if Rob Palenka hits an absolute home run in the buyout market, and finds three functional pieces that can send guys like Trevor Ariza out of the rotation, send guys like Avery Bradley to the bench, send Russell Westbrook to the bench. If you can do that, you change a lot of things with slotting and you give this team a chance. But no matter what, LeBron and AD have to be absolute world beaters in order for this to work. And that's why I appreciated what Rob Polinka did in that press conference. Put the, put the responsibility on LeBron and Anthony Davis. All right, so the last thing I wanted to hit tonight before we get out of here really quick is just LeBron passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the all-time scoring list for regular season and playoffs. Now, this is a debate that you have with everybody because do you count the playoffs with stuff like this? I think you should. I thought it was ridiculous when Barry Bonds was uh, hit 755, how they completely discounted postseason home runs. I don't understand that dynamic in sports. Like, the playoffs are the most important games. Why do we discount what those things, what that all means? But I think LeBron is starting to build an unbelievable case for being the best basketball player that ever lived. He'll never be able to match Michael Jordan's dominance. When you're talking about Michael Jordan's case, it always centers around dominance. When you win six titles in eight tries in eight years, there's just... It's just impossible for LeBron to ever have a stretch that can match that at this point in his career. But you start to work down the line and it's like, okay, he scored more than anybody ever already. In addition to being one of the best playmakers to ever play the game, in addition to being one of the most versatile defensive players to ever play the game. Then you combine that with the versatility of his success. You have him getting all the way to the finals with Larry Hughes and Drew Gooden and Zydrunas Hogalskis. Then you have him getting 60, having 60 win seasons and making it to the Eastern Conference Finals with Delonte West and Mo Williams and Shaquille O'Neal, right? And then you go into Miami and he wins two titles with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. 
Then you go into Cleveland and he wins a title and makes four finals with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. He actually made it to the finals again without Kyrie Irving. Then he gets into uh, uh, to the, with the Lakers and he's playing with Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma and they're always hurt and they still won over half their games when he played. Then he wins a title playing with Anthony Davis. There's all of this variety to LeBron's success that has started to frame his career as, you know, when we're trying to talk about circumstances, right, the things that differentiate between these two guys, circumstances are always, you know, they're debatable. They're what-ifs. They're hypotheticals. It's impossible to draw the line between those two, right? But LeBron has so much variety to his success that it's unassailable. I, I can't... I can't doubt whether or not LeBron would succeed in one era or one environment with one co-star, with one coach, with one system. I can never debate that because he's done it in every situation. And, and we're, we haven't even gotten to a half dozen other things that are huge hallmarks of LeBron's MVP case or his GOAT case, like his longevity, for instance. We can, get, we can go on for days and days. But it's crazy because that, that dominance piece he may never be able to touch, but... Everything else, I think he's got it. And that's where it becomes one of those things where it's, it's, it's all in the eye of the beholder. But LeBron's starting to give you a lot of stuff to look at, if that makes sense. All right, that's all I had for you guys tonight. Thank you guys so much for coming to hang out. We have no show tomorrow because of the Super Bowl, but we will be back Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. As always, I appreciate the support, and I will see you guys in a couple of days. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.